Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday. Welcome to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. We're here to talk about more. All, I guess these are these are Power BI topics. These are we're kind of getting a little bit more more of the recent topics have been more a peripheral around Power BI, but they're still Power BI related. Uh, another another topic today, particularly around your skill sets. We've been talking a lot about skills. Seth's got a number of, of blog posts around them. Tommy is all about. Uh, knowledge sharing and and having process built into his, his organization. So we're going to talk about: Is it better to be a jack of all trades in Power BI or a master of one? So that'll be our our topic for today. Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Good morning, Mike. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm tired today. Today is yeah. just a, it was a hard day it, to get up. It sounds like a tired day all around. Yeah. Yeah. I've had this congested I mean, I, I, congested thing in my throat for a bit, so I found sound more. Th- Froggy just, than normal, it just won't go away right now. It's just kind of like that upper respiratory. It's just what I get every fall. It's it's well, kind of sicknesses kid, are rolling around, man. Yeah, I think it's a little bit hard because there's a pandemic going on and people are not sure. Like, am I do, am I do I have the vids or do I am I like just this is a normal cold? I don't know. I haven't gone anywhere. And I haven't been out anywhere. <laughs> like I just have this you know yucky stuff in my throat. So I just take my Claritin, take my nose spray. Things are coming back to normal. Yeah. It's just taking a while. One of my favorite comedians, um, he he had a video and he was like, whatever happened to the common cold? Like, does that even still exist? Yeah. Like, are you allowed to get yeah. the cold? <laughs> like, or did that go away? So, yeah, we're done. It's not yeah. ever happening anymore. You got to get your voice back because you got the conference coming up in two weeks. Two weeks? Conference is coming up? Right? Yeah. I'm excited for that one. That's going to be going Community down to, Summit. to Houston, Texas for the Dynamics RBI Summit, I think it's going to be. This is one of the, I think. My opinion here, I don't know if this is true or not. I think this is one of the largest in-person events that we've had since the pandemic started. I want to say that there was oh, like yeah. 2,000 people or 2,000, maybe it's more. I don't know wow. how big it's going to be. It's supposed to be pretty large, I yeah. think. So I'm excited for that. Uh, are, to, you bo- are you guys both going down there? Yeah. Yeah. We're oh, actually man. we're actually staying. We're, we're going to be roommates. We're going to be roommates, actually. So uh, we can we can talk outside of a podcast. So... <laughs> It's gonna be the same conversation just for four days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, is that is that dinner getting repaid in? in, in you know, that's a good a couple yeah. short weeks. So I, it, that sounds like a good time. I, I'm, I'm just saying. I think I'll be appropriate. We'll be at the same place at the same time. We'll make it very easy for four days. Yeah. Cool. So, well, we're, what are we gonna do about the podcast? Is gonna are we gonna do it live from the the room? That's a good question. We'll have to figure that one out. How does that work? We're still in the same time zone, so I think we I think we're okay there. Uh, we'll have to figure out if we can. If I can get enough computer power together to make it work. <laughs> or are you and I going to be in the same room or in our, both in our bedrooms? Do, do, we, <laughs> do we want to trust the Wi-Fi at the, at the hotel? Absolutely that's, not. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes they, All of a sudden, the benefits of an audio-only podcast come into play. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, downsize the resolution to like you know 640 by 440 or something super small. <laughs> Well, as long as it's better than when I was in Iowa, because if you watched, I was also dealing with the my voice being gone from the field of dreams. I watched it. I'm like, we should probably just delete those episodes. <laughs> and even though they were great episodes, we did tables and yep. we did uh, yeah, we about did. user groups. And I, I think literally my resolution was 180. Yeah, exactly. It was it was pretty it was pretty choppy. It was pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> But but maybe we should pre-record some stuff. We'll have to yeah. we'll think through if we can get some stuff done Gotta in time. Got to do something live from a conference. Every podcast does that. Really? Uh, <laughs> Every you know, podcast? Yeah. I, I don't feel, know. I, mean, I feel I feel like we can figure it out. 
right. we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> well, later, later, later. Sure. Awesome. Well, um, let's jump in for to- some topic things. Tommy, lead us off here. Kind of what's uh, where are you thinking about the topic of you know? There's a lot of skills that what's called skills you can learn in Power BI. Mm-hmm. Give it, you know, maybe rattle us off some some skills here. What are you thinking about uh, your skill assessment for Power BI? How do you know what skills you have and what skills you don't have even? So you actually uh, forgot the most important part of today's topic. This was a mailbag. Oh, someone submitted yes, this. Correct. This is a yeah. question from the so, mailbag. So um, you got to add the name to the form field on the website because we don't know who did this, but I'm, I know it's someone who's uh, one of our usual listeners. But basically the question that came in was jack of all trades or master of one. Is it more valuable to focus on and master a specific sub area of the Power BI stack? Power Query, M, DAX, efficient measures, report layout, et cetera, service licensing, or to know a decent amount of each one. Yeah. So that kind of lays the framework of today's conversation. We, I, I think as soon as we all saw this, we're like, yeah, we got to do this. Yeah. And I think it's a common question because if you actually were to write how many unique skills there are for a, in the Power BI sphere, I would probably say you could say over 15 easy like different little areas that you could know or have expertise in wow so 15 areas i would if you go if you go all the way from governance admin adoption to all the way to the power query dax report layout there's probably man that's actually that's probably there is a lot of little things to know so i yeah i I would say if i were going to bucket them right um we were just on a on a user group session that happened uh tuesday night we're running that one. Uh, Kevin Arnold was our speaker, and he does. He was at the end. He was talking about how he does, basically, client work and how he estimates some of the client work. And he kind of boiled the Power BI development cycle into like ETL, Power Query M, and then he said model building, DAX, you know, stuff like that, and then the report build, visuals in the front side. So I, I think those are kind of. I mean, if I had to boil the topics, I think those would be your three areas. And then I would look at like governance. I think is definitely a big thing. I don't think a lot of organizations think about it yet. Um, and then there's probably like a kind of a handful of other little things that I would add in there as relevant topics to know. So I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sure if I go with 15 topics, but I'd probably go to yeah. like a good five to seven topics in there that are all like relevant yeah. things to know. I would also so, say, yeah. So, so to your point, so let me ask you your question directly. Yeah. I think as I have progressed in Power BI. What I have worked on and where I have focused my attention has changed over time. I think in my very early stages of Power BI, I focused a lot more on Power Query and M and learning that aspect of it because I didn't have access as a business user. I didn't have as much access to other tools like SQL or Databricks Mm -hmm. or anything else that was kind of upstream of where Power BI was. So I focused a lot of my attention on just M. Then I got... you kind of over the hurdle of M, I'm like, okay, that's good. Then I started building a lot more reports and I felt like a lot of time I spent there learning uh, DAX and working through visual builds. And now I feel like I do a good amount of DAX and M, like I think I'm getting better at it, but I feel like most of my time now is being spent preparing data for Power BI. And I've kind of put myself in a little niche, I guess, where I do embedding, like embedding every project I do is always like everything I'm working on right now. Every project is about embedding at some level, so that it's it's larger integration with Power BI into other applications. Yeah, that's a whole other space too. So that's true. Embedding is another embedding is another topic all by itself, right? 
Yeah. What would you say, Seth? What, what were you? Would you break it down into the, in that many categories? Where would your categories li- live? And you know, what do you feel about it over time? How's it changed for you? Yeah, specific to our users, right? I I, I fall back on the skills matrix, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I built a long time ago. Part of that is administration and architecting, mm-hmm. like you know, a Power BI solution. Yeah, I think I think it, it even sprawls a bit more there from from now, or like from a you know, you take in what are all of the things you would need to understand, you know, for the adoption roadmap to be successful within mm-hmm. org, right? Like, can mm-hmm. can you kind of lump that now into, well, we talk about Power BI and, and the adoption framework. And while some of those now dovetail into much more business related areas or leadership, um, you know, still very relevant because they're yeah. all designed around how you successfully deploy Power BI, right? How do you set up training mechanisms and resources of information and build all those processes, et cetera. So uh, I think it, it, it kind of is branching out further and further, you know, the, the larger and longer it gets out there. Um, you pointed out embedded yep. custom visual building, you yes. know, those are a little bit more yeah. niche, but that's true. Move into the developer space. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of different areas that it, you can, I, I guess, have the opportunity to go really deep in, I, I think these conversations are fun. I, I like them because I think, you know, they give us an opportunity to kind of give some guidance like you did, Mike, you know, like kind of walking through that, that you focus on, you know, yeah. heavily on one area and then you moved into another. And these these are areas where I think throughout, you know, the the, the show today, we can kind of encourage people to, you know, go in different directions or, you know, um, try try different things out or stay stay where they're at and, and we'll see where we kind of land from our collective yeah. insights here yeah so what funny thing too is a lot of the skills that you gained because obviously if you were to say like how do you know you someone has a skill or how do you define someone being uh I mean like an expert in a certain area of power bi obviously it's time demonstration of knowledge you know and the experience of different situations well a lot of these skills are usually at your job and a lot of times too, it's the necessity of what you're doing at your company. No one's going to walk away today and go, I'm going to become an expert in embedding and your company has no need for embedding. Like you can, yep. but that's going to be a lot of extra time. And also I think if you don't have a project to work on with different scenarios, it's going to be very hard to just learn that on your own unless I, you're actually placed in situation. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to disagree with you here, but I would say, I wouldn't, I would op, option the, it's a lot of time comment. I, it's, I don't think, I mean, I, yes, there's some time to learn it and to do it, especially if you're, if that's not something you've done historically, like if you don't mm-hmm. write websites and code things, jumping into like, you know, embedded will be probably a bit harder for you than if you already have experience with like making websites and HTML and, and writing code or uh, JavaScript, whatever that may be, you, you have an easier time getting into there. But what I would say is I think your latter comment was much more relevant is like the, you know, if it's relevant to your job, right? If we mm-hmm. don't do embedding in anything, then you're, it's not worth it for your, right. for you to learn that skill. That's not adding value to your company at the end of the day. And <clears throat> I think a lot of these skill pieces here is you kind of have to know like where you fit in the Power BI ecosystem. Because if you're not an admin or you don't have the rights to be to administer the Power BI environment, you don't need to spend a lot of time working through governance and administration of things. I mean, you should at least know like the concepts of what it is and what's good practice and what's not. But I don't think you need to be 
you're not going to be in the admin portal turning on and off settings or making security groups to control things. That's just not your space. Yeah. So I think I think it really it, it kind of sits around and says, what do you do on your daily job, and how and what is that doing to um, affect the organization from how how do you help them move the move them forward? And then you kind of change your skills to hone on the skills that are relevant for that area, right? When I was in the business, I didn't have a lot of access to IT. I focused on a lot of the Power Query and front-end side. That's what I did. And then as I moved my way into more governance and deployments and broader strategy around Power BI, as it kind of kept growing, I think that's when I saw a lot of my skill stuff shifting. So I'm, I'm not going to disagree here, but I do want to make a, a couple points around where where people focus their time sure right? yeah Be I like that because if your company like you're saying like oh focus on what your company wants you to do i Not, love yeah that. yeah I, I love that because it allows it, it allows you to take an interest area or an area you want to become stronger in and use use that relationship where you know, a full-time employee position, you're good. You should be in a position that you're learning new things mm -hmm. or you're being challenged to, you know, absorb and, and solve problems for the company. That, that is awesome. Like if you, if you can find the sweet spot where your personal interest or your method of improving yourself as a skilled technical worker align with the businesses, that's the sweet spot. However, I wouldn't say you have to have that. Like your personal technical interest should always supersede what you're doing in your day job, right? Like if 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 you're an admin, but your passion is DAX, then go go dive deep into DAX. Like what what I think a lot of people miss in conversations, and I I, I love the experiences that I've had being part of an FTE. And then going into consulting is consulting kind of like shifts your mindset from the standpoint that you you quickly realize an organization wants you to personally improve because they can sell you more like they can they can raise your rates that's that's totally because true you there. know more yeah agreed but what it did was it flipped the switch you know in my head with an understanding that you know what if i invest in myself more and learn more things like one there was a cool byproduct like wow i love i love community i love sharing what i'm learning i love you know like let helping others figure out the things that i figured out and i'm leveling up in my organization or you know through the rates whatever but i'm also investing all of that time in myself and you carry that with you right those technical skills that you're learning outside of a job are, are I think sometimes more valuable because you're learning on your own and it's not tied specifically to like this business thing and you knew how to solve mm -hmm. this one microscopic problem. You understood, you learned something that allows you to solve that problem across industries or in different ways. And I think those are like big differences I would make. Right? Yeah. If you can find the sweet spot where your company's engaged, awesome. But don't let that be the driving factor behind, you know, diving deep into a topic or, you know, spreading out and learning something new. Um, yeah. I want to jump in here ahead. with a quick yeah. statistic from, from someone who I just recently talked to James Dales out of, I think it's London is where he's based out of. I think somewhere European area somewhere. I think he runs the London user group with, um, 
Parathi, I think over in, in London area, he gave me a statistic. He said, I run the user group, and they have a fairly large user group. They, I think they had 1,000 people showing up at, at one time for the Ooh. user group event. It was a large event that was happening regularly. And he said, about 90% of the people I hired came right from his user group. Because those, to your point, Seth, exactly to your point, these were the people that were spending time learning things during the day, and they were additionally passionate about other things, specifically around Power BI, and were willing to take the extra oomph, the extra effort to go to another event to participate, rub shoulders, work with other experts, and found things that they, they just were passionate about it and just loved to do it. Um, so, you know, if you're not, again, I'll, I'll kind of just throw the pitch out there. If you're not involved with a user group, whether it's online for now or when they start turning it back on locally in your local environment or your local area, like I'd highly recommend start trying to find like-minded people. Um, I had another conversation this week with Kevin Arnold. He's running a, an event kind of on the side and, and it's a kind of like, it's just happening. And I was like, dude, that's a user group. Like you just made a user group that's just a small group of people. Like, do you want to grow it? Do, like, he's like, we're just having fun. I'm like, that's what a user group is. I want you, I want to encourage you to like do yeah. more with it, publicize it more, open it up a bit more to like other people because all you're doing is to your point, Seth, I'm taking the initiative, the skills that I learn, and this is what I, I learned this early on when I was in my career. That's why I got my MBA and then half a master's in data science. I made someone else pay for all that. Like you should, if you have the opportunity, if your company is willing to pay for you to get an MBA or any kind of other further education, take the opportunity. They'll pay for it. You're more yeah. valuable to them because you have these skills now, but those skills go with you. When you leave, they can't keep those skills. That's investment in yourself. You can take that with you wherever you go. And I'll tell that to every new employee, engineer, developer, whatever, is like always take time to develop yourself because, uh, I mean, the company cares about you, but they're only like to you, it's it. you're a cog. Yeah. You, yeah, you're yeah. Cog. So that's to yeah. some level, I, like if you're not producing, that, yeah. you're you're not valuable yeah. to them. So like take the time to invest for yourself. It makes them win. And then you win. And now you've got this extra skill set knowledge you have that you can take with you wherever you go. Episode 32, by the way, if uh, people are interested in all our thoughts around, is it worthwhile to join a user group? That's true. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you, Mike. You, you know yeah. I mean? And that's the distinction. Like yeah. working in an organization is a relationship and it, it, there should be give and take on both sides. Right. Agreed. And you, and you, and, but the path should be clear. Mm -hmm. And, and if those things are, totally ambiguous figure them out like work yeah. work with the company like are you in the right spot like make sure that they're engaged and they're helping you know there should be budget for you to for you to continually learn and and and, and do things right um this also brings up an interesting point i think around you know you want it's it's good to push into an area you're interested in but if no one's interested in writing <clears throat> models like you're out of luck like again yeah. like someone's got to do the work we got to find right. someone who likes to do it because we can't move everyone out into like let's everyone build custom visuals because everyone likes to do it. I feel like there's also like a give well, and yeah. take there a little bit too. Well, so I was actually going to take that the other way, Mike. I what what I what I was saying, Seth. I agree with everything from the user group to yeah. you know if you're passionate about something, you know, take the time to learn it, take the time to ex experience it. But I would say though too, and I think to my previous comment is, if let's say like I want to learn R, I want to become a data scientist, and there's no need for that at the company and you're spending all this time learning R and now you can, you can do all these great things in R, but at the end of the day, you can't show any value for that. Like, yeah, maybe you can move to another company or a new role for that. But I think more of my recommendation was try to find things that you can bring to your current 
organization where there's a need. Um, example for myself, I when I first started Power BI, uh, any recruiter I would talk to or a company like, oh, do you, you know do you have extensive knowledge in SSIS? Uh, I was like, well, no, I example. do Power BI. Yeah, I'm like, you know, because I never had it. I never. What's yeah, SSIS? I like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have Power Query. <laughs> I know exactly. different letters. <laughs> yeah, I was like. And no, and it was such it was such a deterrent that I didn't know SQL at the time, even though yeah. I was, you know, that was the prevailing technology. In, yeah, I was knee deep in Power Query and DAX. I'm like, I can connect to it. And I can, you know, yeah. They're like, so you can't, you can't, you don't create tables and you don't run the jobs. I'm like, I don't need to. And at yeah. the time, it was I make my own tables, baby. Right, and it was kind of <laughs> like that was part of the skill set of that ma of that of the jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was part of like, if you're a new Power BI, you should know how to also run the packages too. Yes. So, at, you know, took the time to say, yes, I can do SQL as a general skill, but I'm not going to spend the time to become a d database ad administrator right now. And that's, uh, and that's even changed as of, right. I mean, even now, I'm, yeah. I think, I'm thinking about the interviews that we've done, Seth, like walking through people and bring, like, we encourage, like, there's good to have some people with knowledge of SQL, but if I see too much SQL knowledge... I know that you're going to be stuck in that area and you're not going to have enough knowledge in Power BI. And mm -hmm. I mean, you might, you may have a good blend of both. It's amazing how things yeah. shift. But, but I feel like, depends, right? I feel like, like yeah. a heavy, a heavy SQL person is like, well, I'll just do everything in SQL. I don't, I don't well, need, I don't need Power Query. Yeah. I haven't learned anything else in Power BI because they can handle all this stuff in other places. Yeah. You may need that skill set, but I'm thinking of the people I've interviewed so far, I feel like when I find those individuals, that's their skill set. And they haven't, yeah. not that I, not that it's a bad thing. It's just, that's, what they've known it's what they've been pissing off on. a lot of people right now yeah it's not, <laughs> no, it, you're, listen listen yeah. it's not like i don't think i, I want to make a caveat right when the the challenge with people who have and myself included here right you're a sequel guy um i yeah I've, I've been using sequel for a long time i was a dba i knew how like mm -hmm. you know how to manage the infrastructure that you're in as well as the language right the, the challenge is in a lot of like people who move from SQL land into Power BI and data modeling, et cetera, yeah. the, the, the 10 years of database administration are not applicable. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, like nobody needs you to manage the actual hardware or implementation. Yeah, it's going away. Yeah, it's all because, managed by Microsoft you know, now. Many, many implementations are either completely sure. Azure-based yep. or, you know, are in something like Databricks. So the challenge is, is like, yeah, you have 15 years of experience, but I don't want to pay for 15 years of experience of you uh -huh. on a platform I don't need to support, right? And the, and that's where I think the, yeah. the challenge comes in yeah. in terms yeah. of some of the jobs because, like, it is in-depth knowledge. It is SQL query building. It's that. But, like, a lot of that other infrastructure that I even know, it's not applicable anymore. So let me take it on the other side of that conversation where um, – when Power Apps came out, we had the conversation when they had Microsoft Business Summit, and it was the Heathrow Airport, and the that guy who basically transformed the company, building a few applications. And yeah. oh, I yeah. remember that moment. I was inspired. I'm like, I want to learn this. This is going to be like important. And at the time, there was no need at our company for, it, but I thought there were a few solutions that we could do. And then I took a lot of time and a lot of frustration to try to understand Power Apps. To finally get to the point where I could introduce this to different teams and say, hey, we can do something here for you and eliminate these five spreadsheets and do it in one centralized location. Yeah. And but so it became a skill that was more applicable for the job. Um, so just kind of like the two different sp uh, spears of that. So hold on. I, I want to drill yeah, into yeah, that, yeah. Tommy. 
because what you did, what what that description is, is not a company saying, "Hey, Tommy, we have a need." What that is is you going, you being personally interested in something, you going and learning it, and then selling your company yes. on the fact that they need it, and that is right. significantly that's very, different. That's very than different. A yeah. company saying like, "We want to go right. do this thing." I love what you did. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's it's an easy learn thing, and also that you could see the value because like if you're going to learn a skill or become a master in something, I think the first thought is like, how, you know, what does this look like in five years? And I, again, maybe I'm just neurotic and I'm self-conscious at all times, but it's Tommy, like, in five years, I'm, it's not going to be all desktop applications. I'm sorry, Tom. I don't want to talk about, not, I don't buddy. want to talk. I'm going to be behind the curve. <laughs> we're not going to make these, power apps for desktop tommy it's just not going to happen buddy this, tommy. people are going to people are going to look at me like oh he only knows desktop he still knows. So, <laughs> so. man that's so 2011 oh my or 2020 goodness, 2021 he what's is a, not a pbix i don't wow he's still using pbix yeah oh man goodness me that's what, what's a no, template file i don't even understand but it's true with the skills and uh, no, I, I think the skills that you learn or you're going to become a master or kind of attain this knowledge, you know, think about what does this look like for you, you know, in your role, but also what do you want to do in three years too? Like how, how does this relate? Mm -hmm. I, when I first started with data, I was like, I want to do R and Python and I want to do data science yep. and I, maybe I'm just not a very good coder, but it was like taking a lot of time to learn. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to, how this is going to translate like in three years, if, if I, unless I just become a data scientist and I'm like, well, I, I don't, yeah. I had, I had that same romantical moment when I was like, I was moving away from like the engineering role and the yeah. analytics team. I was in that team. I was like, oh, I want to be called like, they're like, what, what, you know, we're moving you into a more of an analytical role. What do you want to be called? I'm like, yeah, data scientist. That data science. I know. It's such a great you look, you Google their salaries. They're pretty big. You want to be a data scientist. <laughs> like that's like, that was my thing. And then I, I now went, I got it. I went out. I got half a master's in data science. I did some classes in it. I'm like, Okay, I get it. And now when I look at it and going, okay, literally a data science job is like an, a data engineer on steroids because you have to do a lot of data munching just mm -hmm. to get the data cleaned. And so I, I, I now, I mean, I do a little bit on the side, but my, like you say in data science, like if you're going to be a data scientist, 80, 75 to 80% of your work is just mushing around and pushing data and other things with data. You'd be very comfortable there. And then you, once you clean it all, then you can start looking at like the fun, you right. know, inferencing and machine learning and, and the, the analysis side on the other end of it. And even still, I have a, a data scientist that I know. He went on, did a whole big project for someone. And it literally was statistics. That was it. It yeah. was just a bunch of statistics inside the program. I was like, and they kept calling it. It's like, well, this is a data science thing. We're using data science. Yeah, you're using R, but you're using statistics. I know right. you ain't fooling me. I've been there. <laughs> I know what's going on. And call yeah, it whatever and, you want. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's it's magic. Voodoo, it's a black box, and stuff comes out. And it's magic. And then better. what? And then what? And then, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I I feel like that, to me that's kind of different with skills and career. But yeah. I, I actually I've been wanting to ask you guys this probably fifteen minutes ago. But from the Power BI, this general skills or master one, I can't help thinking about this, and I I really want to get your guys' opinion from all the people that you meet from user groups and from conferences. Do you feel like people are master? Like, where do you feel people kind of lie in terms of being like general knowledge of most things? Or do you meet a lot of people who are just kind of a master of one particular area? Because to me, I feel like there's like a core skill set in Power BI. Like, if you are someone in Power BI and been working in it, 
you are probably a master of multiple like you you have to be like the the core like legacy desktop we'll call it yeah <laughs> we'll call it leg um legacy like, desktop yeah it. we'll call it legacy so <laughs> <laughs> but uh but like most people are right so i yes. i want to get your kind of your a little feeler out there just to see what you guys see from the community so think... you want to start off on that one i'll come yeah, back sure. i have thoughts I, too but i'll i i i think it it this answering this question is exactly why i i wrote that blog mm -hmm. before i wrote like the third the third blog was the one i wanted to write and i had to write the first two first <laughs> right so I, yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges with people coming into power bi is skills identification mm -hmm. like what are all of the different areas of power bi because depending on when you where you come into it from straight business you're you're mostly excel right you'll you'll probably land in the visualization and dax space and try to solve all of your problems in dax yep. without understanding modeling or power or that power query is a separate thing mm -hmm. that is an etl engine right and let alone that there's an advanced language underneath you know that steps that i can manually create right and all of that is accessible to you so i think first and foremost it's just having everybody on the same page as far as like what are the skill sets involved in this technology and then i think you know it, it's it's inherent that we're all bringing bringing in something a stronger area than others mm -hmm. right so you're gonna be stronger mm -hmm. in like sql or in power query and, and maybe mashing up and understanding that you need to reshape data but your skills in dax are lacking because it's a, a new language i would almost argue most people understand Power Query, DAX, and modeling, and they fail miserably at visual presentation. Mm -hmm. how, how, like, what is the most effective way to translate all of this 90% of where I spend my time in data to the end user? So, you know, I think we bring our strengths and, and where you focus on is kind of why I, I wrote that, but it's like the next step, like, where do you want to become strong if power bi is your jam right like yeah and and that would be the the focal area or how i would answer your yeah. question perfect let, let me ask this because you raise a really interesting point even though i just asked the question but it really sparked something is there a marginal is there a declining rate of return with certain skills in power bi so if i were to frame that let's say you're really you can do power query you can edit some of the code but how important is it for you to know to do a loop in Power Query or to create like, you know, a, a generate list to bring that up again, but like to, to, to do them Power Query or in DAX to do a virtual table and these super advanced things like, is there a, is there a um, decreasing rate of return on the more skill you know in certain areas of Power BI? So before you move on to the, the question, Tony, I want to yeah, answer yeah. the prior one first. Just Sorry, real yeah, quick I, I, yeah. I just want to bring up an interesting point here. So I, we don't have a lot of votes on it yet. So I just threw the link in the chat window. Uh, but I'm looking, I just threw out this morning, kind of like announcing, like, hey, we're doing jack of all trades talk. And here are some topics. Here's some areas. Like, where do you focus your, what do you focus on, basically? What's your, what's your area of focus? And I had Power Query, Data Modeling, and DAX. I had Report Building, and then Governance. And I find this interesting. 62% of the responses have been all around DAX. That's where I focus my time. Um, another 23% focus their, their time on report building, 15% focus their time on power query and almost there's no, there's no votes yet, but there may be more later on, but there's no one focusing on governance, which I think this is why this governance topic is so relevant because mm -hmm. 
people are developing and building on top of this. And again, that just may be our audience. We don't have like 26 votes on it at this point, but like there's not as much focus on that because it, to your point, Tommy, so now I'm going to weave this into your question now, right? You're now, is there a law of diminishing returns on what, what you're doing? Yes. So what is that law of diminishing return? And do we feel like there's anything in that spectrum? So I would say, I think it's more about, for me, it's about time and seat. And what I'm, I'm going to clarify my phrase there, time and seat, right? You can be a, a Power BI report developer, but if 45 to 50% of your time is managing other things, working on other stuff, like you may have been working in Power BI for a year, but you haven't been able to dedicate solid time to like getting in. And like when I do interviews, I'm like open, open Power BI desktop. Let's add a data set. Show me how to write a measure. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the skills that are time and seat. If I if you've been in desktop for quite a long time, you will have the external tools item on your ribbon. You will have tabular editor. And you may even be so bold as to say, I don't like building measures in desktop. I want to build them in another tool and I'll show you how to do that. So I'm looking for people in the interviews that are going that that have this. I do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of like video broadcasts of like how do I do things? And I narrate what I'm doing. Not that I'm expecting everyone else to do the same thing I am, but there is a level of comfort around being able to let people watch you develop and build on that. And if you're good at building reports or visuals or things, you're going to know how to click the buttons. You're going to know how to add a measure. You're going to know how to move it between tables. So I, I don't think there's a diminishing level of returns. I think it's more around how much time and seat do you actually have on the program? And I think as you be, get more and more time in your seat, some of those easier ideas or easier concepts that you might have struggled with initially are no longer a problem. Like, you know how to make bookmarks. I can turn things on and off easily. No problem. I'm on to the other things. And then you're looking for these deeper solutions. And, you know, with some people, I wouldn't call it diminishing returns because you may not need to use calculation groups. Your, mail, your models that you're building may not be large enough for mm -hmm. that. Or you may not you need to use incremental refresh because you're only dealing with data sources from <laughs> SharePoint uh, or something like that. So... You may, you may, it may not be part or required of your skill set, but I would hope that as adoption of Power BI grows, these data sets are going to get larger. You're going to have more experience around them. You're going to come into these edge cases, these these one-off things that you have to learn through. So I, I don't know if there's a law of diminishing returns. I think it's going to be a continually learning process all the time. The product team keeps coming out with releases and new features every single month. So honestly, it's hard to keep up with all the things that are happening at the service level, the governance level, uh, inside the reports, report building. Now there's a bunch of custom visuals that you can go deal with. I'm building a bunch of random tools on the side that people need to know, like, how do you write a theme? I got a tool for that. Like, there's a whole bunch of other things that the community is developing too. Tabular editor, now I gotta be an expert of that. Now I gotta do, figure out what DAX Studio is. What's the Vertipak engine? How do I how do I use the, um, what's the tool that goes with Vertipak? Um, it goes with analyzing. Uh, it goes with um, Visual the Studio. The performance monitor, or no. no? You talk about it, timing all the time when you look at the columns. The VPack. The Vertipack uh, the Vertipack analyzer. Is it called Vertipack analyzer? Yeah, that's it. That's the one I was the, going for. The Marco one, Russo. Yeah. yeah, Marco Russo's one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, there's now there's like three or four key tools that I would say these are relevant for you. How do you use them? Do you know how to use them? Those are the kind of things I'd be looking for from people to like spend their time on. So I don't. Know. I don't. I don't. I want to. I want to drill in on one uh, on your description of an individual just yeah. to highlight highlight some things for the audience. Um, the you 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 said in the description, yeah, right that that when you interview somebody, you have them open Power BI Desktop. Yep, 
and you want to see how they're interacting. And you better with, have Valerie you know, and stuff on the your columns, machine. the columns, the tables. You don't need it, right? Things like so... that. But then you quickly evolved into: Are you using third-party tools? Are you interacting with the model in different? Like you don't get to third-party tools unless you're personally interested yes. in the technology mm -hmm. that you're using. I would totally right? agree. And that mm -hmm. and that is important to understand because like anybody yes. who's a practitioner on a higher level of Power BI is looking for key things to understand whether or not you're an individual that is just using this tool to do a job and that's it and you only interact with it like when you're doing all things specific to the business or if you've taken it to the next level and you can you, you've added these things now why is this important it's important because tommy to to kind of answer your question i don't think you can go deep enough because mm -hmm. in any of these areas if it interests you right what you're doing by doing the additional learning is you're just adding to the library of how you solve problems right like yeah. if you think about like do i need to know the loop no you don't need to know it Unless but you, situation if you know it's there right Right. And that's the difference is like it's not being presented with a problem and going and Googling it. It's being presented with a problem and having three or four different ways that, you know, instantly you can solve because you're going to be faster at your job and better at it because this is already part of your mental library. Right. No, and I completely agree because I can't help but thinking if you've been working in Power BI, like and I again, why I love doing this is every project i'm presented with something going well crap like you know we need to show it this way i'm like okay now you got to research and figure out a way to do it um i was presented one in power query and, and actually just one yesterday in dax i'm like like really trying to blueprint out because it was a completely new situation mm -hmm. you know it's very hard just to become knowledgeable in dax without i think being presented new puzzles so to speak or new you know uh new situations that you have to learn Mm -hmm. And I'll further argue, I think it's impossible to someone to be a master of one in Power BI because if there's no way that you're limited in Power Query, sorry, I it, there's no, no you're way gonna you're, get, yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. You're gonna get, other parts are going to rub off on you. Yeah, for sure. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I think there's a common path. Like if you are, you don't care about Power Query, so you, you know, situations come up, you're going to need more data. Guess what happens? Everything runs slow, things break, then you go, what the heck happened? You start researching it. You realize there's got to be a better way. You optimize your queries. You do different things. Now you learn that. With DAX, if you don't know data modeling, you could start you know, writing all these DAX measures. Everything runs poorly. Again, you have to now research a better way to do it. Or a situation presents itself where you have to learn another skill or another, in a sense, another way approach to do it. So if you are working in Power BI, I honestly think it's kind of, it's near impossible to have a somewhat general skill of the core desktop skills and just be a master of one, unless you're only working with in that. Like if you're the only, you're the, you're the power query guy and you don't do anything else. Yeah. I, I think it, it, if I'm going to wrap up my thoughts, yeah. right. I, I think what's Im most important is whether or not like, if you're a jack of all trades guy, and I, I would probably put myself in that category. I love knowing end to yeah. end how things work and it, it helps me solve all the problems in between, right? I, I would choose the path that most interests you. Mm -hmm. If you all of a sudden have a passion to learn DAX and you're worried like, well, if I spend too much time learning DAX, like, no, if, if you love Power BI reporting and DAX is your jam, like dive deep, 
you're going to be able to solve a lot of the problems that you're interacting with on a daily basis a lot better, a lot deeper. You know, like it's you're not going to waste time by going deep into a subject because I think where people waffle a lot is like, well, you know, I really like this thing, but I don't know. Am I am I sacrificing not knowing Power Query? it depends on the job you're looking for. Right. right. And Steve Campbell and my blogs kind of help make recommendations around like, what do you want to focus on? Like, I'm not saying just choose something that has nothing related to where you want to go. But at the same time, those, sh those things should be in lockstep, at least to some degree, the things that interest you and you like doing are the things you focus on. And why is that important? Because all of us know a lot of the times, you know, in many different topics on this show, we're encouraging people to take another step outside of just doing a job at, at, at their work. Yeah, right? agreed. And, and I think if we're going to, you know, condense that down, we're telling people just do something. Yeah. Do a little extra something. Yep. And it, you're not going to do the little extra something to improve yourself in your job or your technical space if you don't choose a path that interests right. you, right? Like if it's a yeah. chore and a burden yeah, you're to be like, man, I'm done with my job. I'm tired. I'm going to go watch an hour of TV versus, oh man, like I, I, I want to learn more about this thing. I'm going to use that time for learning that instead. Here's, so I got an example for that one. So like, so, so like, go ahead. I was going to say to that exact end, we had our user group on Tuesday. We talked about stuff. The user group went from, we started at six. We did an hour long presentation. Kevin did an amazing job, knocked it out of the park. We started at around 7.30 and did happy hour. Happy hour lasted until 10.30 at night. Holy crap. And we got rolling. And wow. we kept rolling. Well, it got interesting because there was a bunch, again, a bunch of passionate people. Some people dropped off and that's fine. We got into this part where we're like, I have a problem with bookmarks. I can't figure out what bookmarks link to what elements on the page. And we were like, well, that should be, we should, we, we should be able to figure this out. And so we sat down, we pulled open the Power BI helper from Stephanie Bruno, and we said, there's got to be Dax in here somewhere. There's got to be some JSON that describes the stinking uh, uh, bookmarks. And we spent probably about another hour going through files, looking through her tool, figuring out how it worked. And it was just, it was just fun. And I was like, at the end of the whole ordeal, we were like, this was better than watching YouTube for an hour or watching TV for an hour. Like we learned something, we figured something out that we could we could leverage inside our career or yeah. build something on top of it. And so Dan Meisner, who was uh, with us on the call, he was like, "Dang it! Now my week's blown because now I know I'm not need to figure out how to make bookmarks and illuminate them inside of <laughs> the Power BI helper report." But that's the cut. But that's I mean, for me, the Power BI community and these extra user group and activity things. That's the kind of people I want to be around. I want to be around people like that and it's interesting because the pandemic has kind of locked down our ability to get together with people i feel like my my friends and and like where i like to spend my time with now a lot of my friends are i'm building deeper relationships beyond just power bi things but just personal relationships they're now around this kind of common tool that we have and we I see them regularly. Like our our friends are like chatting with us online in in the podcast, and we're now communicating with them regularly. And they're showing up to the user group, and I get to see them, and we hang out. Like so, it's you know the same thing you do with like your family. Like and I said, I think Seth, you have like a family thing, like where you go play some video games, like on a Friday night. Like that's a that's a a bonding time where we get together and talk. And I'm finding that this is a really kind of cool community around for me. I'm so, I'm thoroughly enjoying talking to my friends in Australia and my friends in New Zealand. And now I've got more friends in Europe because I went over there. So like, 
it's been a lot of fun to kind of continually grow those relationships. And at the time, I'm learning all this cool stuff too around something that betters my career. So what you're saying is, regardless of jack of trades or master of none, there are friends all over. Oh man! Right. I feel like this. I feel like this ins, insert a Barney song here or something like that. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, Wait, exactly. Okay, we don't want to get too much. So at the end, your skills are irrelevant. Hug. Virtual your hug. skills are irrelevant as long as you have people to talk to. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I, so closing like to, to close yeah. out like the last thought like make an improvement daily like yeah. focus on just making making an improvement daily and you know I, to dovetail back where we started you know if your business has an opportunity to do that thing like obviously you you have a practical application of learning and doing right which is the other important part of that or do what you did see a business like mm-hmm. if yeah. you solve a business problem with something that you learned and you come to the business and you're like hey on my free time i learned this thing and we can solve it with this they're going to look at you in a completely different light <laughs> like business <laughs> you wait i didn't assign that work to you yeah. you just saw that and you wanted to do like wow that's, hey that's taking initiative well, that's right? so, i mean that's, yeah. what, that's what directors do right i mean you, you have yeah. to go in and say this is there like you have to continually be asking yourself is there a better way i mean that's what leaders do right go through go in and figure out evaluate what's going on look at what we're doing and figure out is there a better way and propose good solutions you can propose stuff but it's got to be good it's got to be worthwhile doing it's kind of interesting you say this and then i know i know we're wrapping up but no matter what skills you know, you still got to sell it. You still got to communicate it. And we I, haven't yeah. talked about that at all either, even though we had a whole topic on that uh, a few weeks ago. Well, I was but, episode but, 38. My <laughs> communication yeah. skills are important. Yeah. <laughs> but like it doesn't, it's yeah. with all these skills, like at the end of the day, you still have to talk to someone about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, like even if you're learning something new and you're going to devote that time, there's going to be some point of, uh reckoning where you're going in a sense like you said you're gonna have to sell it or show the value for that but which i also say is another skill to focus on i i was uh watching i browsing through little videos on youtube the the shorts uh gary v i guess comes up i think seth you kind of like like some of his stuff that he does and he was talking about he goes the difference between making a business that is you know a million and a 10 million or 10 million and a hundred million it's not technology it's not algorithms it's not all these things it's people it boils down to like people and i think that would that to your point tommy there it really boils down like i think you picked the harder path frankly like the harder path of showing up with an idea and saying this is something worthwhile and convincing people that this was something that we need to do and it will make our life better that that's hard it's not an easy route to come in and kind of do those things because you meet a lot of organizational resistance that says, nah, it's fine. We're just going to keep doing it in Excel. We don't, we don't need this thing that you're producing. And you have to come in and articulate the value of what you think is better and then produce it and then deliver on it. So it's just not the easy path. It's no, well, kudos my friend, on it. welcome to the power platform, which releases <laughs> and products updated daily yes. with these things that a company's not going to say, hey, this looks neat or like, it's true. and why don't you do this? Like all these things that come out you have to take the initiative to try to say, is this something of value to learn? And this is, this is going to be constant, especially as we move forward with the, how this digital transformation happens. Yes. So love it. Well, so I would, so Seth, we're kind of wrapping up here. Seth, you kind of gave your little uh, wrap up comment. I would say mine is don't be overwhelmed. There's a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. Just pick a topic. And kind of what Seth said, pick a topic and just start simple. I'd also highly recommend, Get involved with a user group, 
start something at your company, find other like-minded people. If you need someone who loves data, go find someone in finance because I don't know what it is. They're like all the same person everywhere I go. doesn't matter. They're all love data. They all enjoy working in Excel. And I, I very few of them have I found that are like, man, Power BI is great. I love it. It's so cool. I was just talking with a friend from uh, 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 my old uh, consulting firm. Uh, he's like, I, I, this is hilarious. You have all these funny like t-shirts and memes about data. He goes, I just love this stuff. I said, I do too. I just geek out on this data stuff. It's super fun. So um, just find like-minded people. Uh, you can always you can always lean on the the finance team to, to, to go run <laughs> shoulders with if you're looking for some fun data people. Tommy, what's your, what's your wrap up? No, my my last thing would be to say like if you want to to really kind of develop the skills from a, uh, in a, in a natural progression, find scenarios, find solutions or problem mm. areas of the company, and I guarantee you things will come up in the micro level from Power Query to DAX all the way to yep. how you communicate it, where you're gonna have to learn something new. But it's going to take, rather than just turning and burning the same thing over and over, look for like, talk to your boss, like, hey, is there any projects you want to do? Did you want a commissions report? Like, okay, how would that work? Now you have to start thinking about this and there's going to be new skills to learn with different scenarios and situations. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. If you do us a favor, if you like this one, if you got a couple chuckles out of it, please just share it with one other person. Let them know that you enjoyed the podcast and tell them about it. See if they'll... Uh, enjoy it too and then you guys can talk and laugh about it later on together anyways tommy where can you find the podcast so if you're watching it live right now please make sure to subscribe to it on apple and spotify get all the episodes uh take it on your run your lunch whatever you want to do it if you're listening to us you can watch us live on youtube and linkedin at 7 30 in the morning central time tuesdays and thursdays awesome well, thank you all very much. Great topic. I thought I didn't. I didn't think we we're gonna get all the way through this one. Like for every every time, it's surprising me every time. <laughs> like oh, this is a good topic, but like oh, do we have enough content? Yeah, we do. We have enough. We can blab about things. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all very much, and we'll see you next week.